My name is Christy Duff, and I have a passion for the Word of God. I've seen the way that a daily dose of the one-year Bible has changed my life, and I know that it can change, affect, and impact every day we live. Well, hello, and like always, I am just praying that you are having the best day with Jesus, and I do want you to know that I do pray for you. I know I, I don't know all of your faces, but I just pray. I pray for every single one of you before I start this. And this is actually my 20th podcast. Who knew I could actually do 20 podcasts? And well, I don't know that anybody was ever wondering, does she have 20 podcasts worth of stuff to say? Because I always have <laughs> I don't know if it's worthy stuff to say, but I always have stuff to say and just finished recording two Titus two podcasts with Jason that will come out tomorrow and I'm excited about that. So those make this podcast number 20 and it's funny because I keep hearing from people, oh, I listen to your podcast and it's making me want to start one. And I think, good, somebody else start a podcast because I don't know what I'm doing. And all of you guys will have much more better things to say. And so anyway, love that. Love that this is number 20 and love Mark chapter 10 today. And just thinking about it, you know, you guys know the the story in Mark chapter 10 and Jesus is talking about the rich young ruler who came to him and was was hesitant to leave everything, you know, came to him thinking he had done such a good job and I've kept all of those from my youth. And Jesus says, well, one thing that you lack, go and sell all you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. And it said that he went away sorrowful because he had great wealth. And so Jesus looks at his disciples and says to them how hard it is for the rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I want to make it clear what he's not talking about is, you know, just the people that we think of, the the Bill Gateses of the world or the Elon Musks of the world, the massively wealthy ones. You know, we have to remember that as Americans, we are the wealthy ones, regardless of what your status is financially in this country or regardless of whether or not you're struggling right now with, you know, all the difficult inflation and all of that stuff going on. We are the wealthy ones. And, you know, wealth that keeps us from following after Jesus could be wealth that is hoped for or wealth that is possessed, you know, that we have. So, it doesn't necessarily have to be the massively wealthy ones of the world all of us can have things that hinder us from following Jesus. And I love it because the disciples, you know, are just shocked at what he's saying because, you know, wealth sometimes seems like a, a symbol of favoritism from God. And so they're shocked and, and Jesus is saying to them, you know, that we are living for the kingdom of God. And Peter, you can just see the wheels in Peter's head working and spinning and moving. And so he says, we have left everything to become your followers. 
And Jesus says, I tell you this, there is no one who has given up home, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or land for my sake in the gospel who will not receive in this age a hundred times as much houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, land, and persecution besides, and in the age to come, eternal life. And I love it because here, you know, Peter's standing up saying, well, look at everything that we have given up for you. And Jesus assures him that reward is coming and that the kingdom of heaven is to be our mindset. But, you know, I really identified with Peter this morning when I was reading this because I think that so often our tendency is to focus on all that we've given up rather than what we've gained. You know, we look at the disciples and we think, oh, how lucky they were to hang out with Jesus and you know, Peter, rightly so, was thinking, okay, look at everything we've given up. They had left jobs. They had left homes. They had left familiarity. They had left, um, you know, just the, the, the surety of having that lifestyle that they were used to. And yet we look at it and we see that they got to be with Jesus. They got to shape the church world. They got to write the Bible. I mean, how amazing is that? And I think that it can be the same in our own lives, that we tend to look at all that we have given up as opposed to all that we've gained from following after Jesus. And I think that that word right there, following is such a key one from this passage because Jesus didn't say to the rich young ruler, go down this path. He said, come follow me as in he's already there. He's already blazing the trail for us. He's already leading the way. Jesus isn't a pusher of us out on the cliff, out on the edge, out on some high path. He's a puller of us to where he is that he is pulling us into his presence where he's at. He's not pushing us into some unknown place where he's not. And then the fact that he encourages the disciples and encourages us through his word, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that he rewards us with his presence. He rewards us with his strength. He rewards us with really giving us back everything that we surrendered, everything that we felt like we lost. We get so much more and in such a more tangible way. And it's the kingdom of God is what makes all the difference. It's remembering that we're headed toward our heavenly home. It's remembering that everything that we think we lose in this life, we will gain in heaven and also in this life. And it might look different and it might be different and it might take a while to see the fulfillment of what Jesus is saying there. But we can trust that life with him is always better than it could ever be when we're hanging on to our, our own things. And it's the kingdom of God in our mindset that changes everything. And we can say to Jesus, well, we left everything and we're following after you. And his words to us will be the same. That what we will gain 
will make it so worth anything that we think that we've left. And my adorable husband, Jason, often says it's as though Jesus says to us, can I have the one little tiny grain of sand that represents your life? And in exchange for that, I'll give you all the sand of all the beaches and deserts in the world. And sometimes we just hang on to our tiny little grain of sand and we're so hesitant to give it up when it just looks like a ridiculous clinging to anyone who can actually see what's going on. And the things that we think we give up or that we leave, God will always make it worth it. Worth the surrender, worth the submission, worth the obedience, worth the following. And any time that we choose to cling to what we think is important, we will always leave like, like this rich young ruler. We'll always leave and go away sad. Because what we think will bring us joy, clinging and hanging on to our things will always bring us sorrow. But following after Jesus will always bring us joy. And I was thinking about that today. We're in Leviticus 24 in the one-year Bible in the Old Testament. And it says that the Lord spoke to Moses and said, Command the Israelites to take the pure oil of pounded olives ready for the regular mounting of the lamp outside of the veil. And and I don't know about you, but sometimes my life feels like a pounded olive. And maybe this week was a little wild, especially. And, and I feel like a little pounded olive. And it was just so beautiful, though, to read these verses today and and just to think about our lives, that yes, sometimes there is a pounding of the olives. But anytime we feel that pounding, we can be assured that we will always have the result of pure oil. That the pounding results in us pressing into prayer, pressing into the Holy Spirit. The pounding in our lives results in us having the pure oil and it said the regular mounting of the lamp. And we are the light of this world because of the true light of this world. And yet it's in that pounding. It's in those difficult moments. It's in the giving up everything that we find our light to shine brightest. That we find our oil to flow the purest. And I was thinking this morning as I was reading about all of this, about when the disciples were taken into prison and were told to stop talking. And, and you know, it was said of, from the leaders that they had turned the world upside down, even though they were uneducated and untrained but they realized that they had been with Jesus. And it was through the imprisonment. It was through the persecution. It was through the difficulty that suddenly all the people around them were noticing, hey, these guys are different because they've been with Jesus. And, you know, maybe you're feeling that pounding and maybe you're feeling that loss. But, friend, I just want to encourage you today that because of your circumstances, because of the pounding, because of the loss, People notice Jesus in your life. They see the light of Jesus shining through you. They see all that you've given up and yet all that you've gained. They see the oil of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. And, you know, in the 
The psalm today, Psalm 44, the psalmist writes that we sink down to the dust. And just me and my mopey little morning, <laughs> morning that I was having this morning, I just kind of kept thinking, yeah, from dust we came and to dust we will return. And as we head toward heaven, we sink down into the dust. I know, but then I read a few more verses and got some more coffee in me and now I'm good. <laughs> You guys are probably like, wow, I had no idea she had so many mopey moments. Wow, it's amazing. All this podcast reveals. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking about that, that sometimes the dust surprises us. And even though Peter tells us not to be surprised by the fiery trials of this life, we're surprised, aren't we? We're surprised at how dusty this life feels sometimes. We're surprised when we're pounded olives and life tends to make us feel a little bit dusty. But the dust and the pounding and the leaving and the surrendering and the seeming loss never come without the promised reward of heaven. And you know, in this moment, when the disciples are having this conversation with Jesus, they said, well, how can this be possible? Again, they're just shocked because he is rocking their entire world of all that they thought, <laughs> all the boxes that they put God in before. And I think God just loves to kind of shake us out of those boxes sometimes, right? Like, but well, this is how it always is. And this is what we've always thought. And God just kind of shakes us out of that to make us realize that he is the living God and and just changes our minds toward his. His ways are higher and and farther and deeper. And his wisdom is unsearchable. And what we think we box God in, he just busts open out of those boxes. And the disciples just say, well, how can this be possible? And, and Jesus says, for men, it's impossible, but not with God. Because for God, all things are possible. And I was thinking as, as I was reading about these pounding olives and this dusty psalmist and this sorrowful, wealthy man and these astonished disciples today, I just kind of left that moment in the Bible and wrote in my little journal that if we aren't led away from the comfortable and the ideal and the possible, then we will never need to know the God of the impossible. And sometimes I think that he just puts us in impossible situations, impossible pounding, impossible dustiness, impossible loss. The situations that we think this is impossible. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see what we can do here. We have left so much. We have lost so much. And he uses those moments to be the God of the impossible in our lives and to make our light shine, to make the oil flow, to make us praise him, to make us see the reward that he truly is. And I don't know about you, but I come away from all these verses thinking, well, pound me, <laughs> dust me. I'll be lost for you. I'll, I'll lose all this familiar, comfortable if I can know more of the God of the impossible. And so that's my prayer for us today is that, yes, we serve a God who says that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And so my prayer is that we will leave this time 
surrendering all, choosing to diligently seek him, getting on that altar and being willing to lose all, to leave all because the God that we gain is so much more than anything that we could ever count as a loss. Thanks for listening and tuning in to the Growing in the Sun podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe, and I'll see you here next time. Let your words burn deep in my-